0: everyone has a story stories of adversity stories of perseverance stories of accomplishments and maybe even stories that will make others laugh no matter the story we can be inspired and motivated by them most of all we can learn from them this is the big peach ride run podcast hosted by me Dave d2 martinez and i want to hear your story Welcome back. It is episode 133 of the Big Peach Ride and Run podcast. And yes, fall is here. This episode is releasing here in early October, although I am recording this pre recording all this in order to get all the episodes kind of queued up and ready to go. Um it's still September as I'm recording this and it's still a bit warm but I'm really looking forward to uh October and the cooler temps we did get a preview of that uh we did get a cold front here in the middle of September and we were waking up to 58 degrees in the morning and that just felt awesome. So um you know at, yeah also speaking as far as fall we know that the days are getting shorter. That being said, I want to make sure that, uh, you know, everyone's being careful out there, you know, that you are wearing visibility, things that are visible, that are reflective, um, that um, are bright colors, um, and that you're at least looking at the environment around you to make sure, A, you are aware of your surroundings. So, um, you know, if you're wearing music, and you know, headphones, uh, don't have it turned up all the way. Um, Look at products like uh, uh, Shox headphones that leave your ears uncovered using bone conduction technology. Um, That way you can be uh, aware of your surroundings. Um, And, you know just try to be safe out there. I mean, everyone should enjoy the privilege to start and finish a run. We've heard, you know, recently, uh, the story of Eliza Fletcher up in Memphis, uh, Tennessee, and that has really impacted the running community. So, um, you know, just be aware of your surroundings, do what you can, um, to be safe, take uh, any precautions that you can. They are, um, Certain products out there that, you know, you can use to, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, a, a mace, whether it's, you know, a horn, something that alerts if you are in a situation. Even um, the new Garmin watches, um, if you fall or there's a way to uh, raise an alert um, to uh, alert loved ones of your um uh, You know of where you're at and some tracking information. Um, You know, please be aware of some of these things. Look at some of these products to make sure that you're aware. Of course, you know, no one is at fault if if something bad were to happen to you. It you know this shouldn't happen. We do have some 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 individuals out there that, for whether mental reasons or for nefarious reasons, just bad people are going to do certain things. So let's do our best to watch out for one another um, and and try to be safe uh, and, and make sure that we all finish our runs. That being said, speaking of fall, you know we do have some upcoming fall races. Um, you know we're getting into that half marathon and marathon um, you know season, and we have got some great races coming up. Um, so I want to give a you know mention that the Alpharetta Women's Half Marathon, um, that's on October twenty second. Um, that uh, is also sponsored by Ultra. So um, you know if you're interested in in a, in a race, uh, you know up in that um, part of town. Then uh, you know, look up that information. Alpharetta Women's Half Marathon, and the other one that is uh, on uh, October 30th is the Atlanta Halloween Half Marathon, and that uh, starts uh, down in uh, Midtown at uh, Piedmont Park. So uh, you know, keep an eye out for for that information. And uh, if you're interested in uh, looking for a local half marathon, those are two great options. Um, very you know close together, we're just a week apart. And uh, so if you're looking to to sign up for a race. Those are great options. Um, And uh, so I wanted to follow up a little bit uh, because, you know, for those of you that tuned in to the last episode and got to hear a little bit about my story and sort of kind of, you know, just following up on that, you know, I've mentioned some things as far as kind of, you know, saying yes and seizing opportunity and things that just sort of kind of come up. And it's interesting because I just got an email this week about uh, a trail fest in in uh, Moab, and it's one of the last you know uh, trips that I did back in 2019, uh, right before the pandemic. Uh, you know, so that was October, and um, so a few months before the pandemic hit and kind of shut everything down. But I was on that journey to travel and to do more and to you know experience life and uh, you know seize those opportunities and live fearlessly. Um, and, um, and that was a trail fest that happened in uh, Kanab, Utah. And all of a sudden record that episode, and then, you know, a few days later I get this email that there's another Trail Fest, and it's, it's, it's in Moab, and it takes place in April. So if things, you know, if, if there's anything, any signs that uh, if you are if you believe in that type of stuff and that there's signs that uh, we should be paying attention uh, to and, and after kind of making that declaration that I should do more of that and I should look for those opportunities to travel and to do more things, well, I think I got it in my inbox, and uh, so I'm looking forward to that. I'll be signing up for that here shortly, um, because uh, you know if I'm if I'm saying it and I'm and I'm proclaiming it, I'm, I'm going to definitely you know uh, hold myself accountable to those claims that uh, I'm going to try to live fearlessly and to uh, experience life and live a little bit more adventurously. So uh, there, I'm saying it. Um, April Moab Trail Fest. Um, so looking uh, forward to that. Um, but I'm excited as well uh, for this episode. We're going to talk to um, you know someone that uh, to say is, is is a friend. Um, we worked together at uh, at Big Peach, obviously, and uh, we met. Uh, she was at the Midtown location, and she. Um, was actually on the episode uh, 39 where uh, we talked about Western States because she had done uh, Western States 100 there, and it's a very iconic race. Um, But uh, that was back in 2018. So it's been several years, uh, almost four years, if you can believe it, since we had her on the podcast. And since then, you know, um, and she was a personal trainer back then, but she started her own business and is no longer with Big Peach um, because her business really kind of took off. Um, and um, doing some, you know, one-on-one training. She has her own uh, studio um, and that sort of kind of uh, took off, um, you know, after the pandemic sort of, and things kind of reopened up. But, you know, when everything shut down, you know, much like, many of us you know we really didn't know what to do and there was sort of kind of a you know different things as far as our mental state and you know she struggled through some things and she actually thought that she was you know had imp- an imposter syndrome because as someone who was a fitness expert she was going through th- some things as well and uh, you know she wrote about it on her blog and that's where I first read about it so um, that was you know several months ago, I think that was early January, so it's been, you know, 10 months since she opened up and, and, and wrote that. And I remember that, and so I had to have her as one of my first guests on uh, the podcast because I think it's things that we can all learn from, you know, and, uh, and just know that we're, regardless of who we are and what our expertise is, you know, we all struggle through various different things. And so she, you know, has... You know, much better after she's gone through that journey. She got help. And uh, so, you know, we're going to talk to Jen um, right after this break. So stick around. At Big Peach Running Company, we know that not everyone identifies themselves as a runner. Running isn't about a start or finish line, it's not about time or pace. It's freedom, it's a break, it's time for yourself. We take pride in listening to your needs. We make sure you get the right shoes so you can get back to enjoying. Your time. Big Peach Running Company has been voted as one of the best running stores in America by people like you. Visit us at any of our nine Metro Atlanta area locations or visit us at BigPeachRunningCo.com. And welcome back. And uh, as promised, I've got Jen Raby with Jen Raby Fitness. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, you may remember if you've a a longtime listener, we had her back on episode 39 where she talked about, you know, Western States 100 and her accomplishment there. Um, That was actually back in October of 2018. So when I looked that up, I was really kind of surprised that, man, it's been almost four years, and almost 100 episodes since, you know, since we did that, since we spoke, you know, and I think it's, last time I think I actually spoke to you was probably right before the pandemic when you were still working for us at our Midtown location. So good to have you. Welcome, Jen.
1: Yes, thank you thank so much. much. Glad to be here.
0: So, you know, obviously, you know, you've got, your are a personal trainer, you've, um, you know, you got Jen Raby Fitness and website is jenrabyfitness.com, but, you You know, I follow you on Instagram, and I've seen some of your stories and some of the things that you've talked about that I think are going to resonate with a lot of people as, you know, not only as a fitness trainer, but you talk about a lot of different things as far as within the fitness industry, dieting and myths. And, you know, when I reached out to you, you you said you were happy to, you know, get on a soapbox. But before we get into all that, I think uh, let's talk a little bit more about kind of how you got started, you know, obviously you've done a hundred miler and is that your only hundred miles? Have you done others since?
1: I've, I've done a few. I, I kind of, you know, I set the Kool-Aid a while ago and, and one just was never enough. So I, I try to check off one a year in different locations, mostly around the Southeast, but that was the, the biggest one uh, to date uh, when I went out to Western States.
0: Yeah, that's it. yeah. And, and I've, you know, this year, I think, and uh, just because I think a lot of these races are coming back after the pandemic, I've definitely followed obviously um, UTMB this past weekend, and, um, I, you know, Leadville was just a few weeks ago. Um, I think hard rock was Mm -hmm. also not too long. So they're all kind of within this season of the the big ones, the the well-known ones. Um, but you know, obviously Mm -hmm. you didn't just start out running hundred milers, you know, there's uh, a background to how you got started and, 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 you know, um, so tell us a little bit about that. Tell us, you know, um, what is your background? What got you into running?
1: Yeah. I mean, how, how far back do we want to go? Uh, <laughs> the, um, I think running really was just the thing that I could do that I felt like relatively confident at, at a younger age, way back in like middle school and, and uh, some of high school. Like I just never had the knack for ball sports. I like, I randomly loved basketball, but um, I stopped growing at five foot two and in, in seventh grade and that's where I stayed. So basketball was clearly not going to be in my future. Um, But yeah, running just ended up being something that I kind of gravitated toward when I was younger. Um, And then, you know, we get older, life happens, other things, distractions kind of pull us away um, after high school. And so um, when I, I left running to do all the things a young adult, older teenager might do, and uh, you know, drinking debauchery, all that kind of stuff. And so when I came back to, it, it was just sort of a a function, like, okay, I need to work out and get back in shape. Yeah, I'm saying this with air quotes that people can't see, but you know, to get back in shape after kind of letting myself go in my young adult years. Um, and, you know, so it started off as a function of weight loss. Like, I just want to lose this weight. And I want to obviously just feel a little bit better in my body, about my body. Um, and out of stubbornness, mostly, I think, wanting to try to learn everything for myself, I wound up after a few, uh, you know, dead end uh, attempts at college. I ended up in a personal trainer program, uh, wanting to just like learn the stuff for myself, and realizing that I also enjoyed teaching others uh, about fitness and everything. And what started off as, uh, you know, wanting to learn how to train myself, actually run a marathon to maybe get a Boston qualifying time, which I never did, um, you know, kind of evolved into, you know, the business that I have today where, you know, I'm not only running myself and, you know, doing races, but, you know, trying to do things in a sustainable way. So no longer just about weight loss, but, you know, about longevity and, uh, you know, trying to while I'm asking a lot of my body also, you know, maintain strength and balance and all of that. And that's kind of like the really nutshell condensed version of everything. There's a lot of stuff that happened in between. But um, that is like, you know, if you're going to draw a really sh- small arc from age uh, 21 to 39, <laughs> that's where, how we got here.
0: Well, I, mean, I think because I, you know, mm-hmm. I, you go into a little bit more detail, not a whole lot more detail, on your website because I did read the about section and you said you did talk about those kind of college years where uh, you did study abroad and you kind of picked up some bad habits and you did mention a little bit of that teenage kind of debauchery and stuff, which I think we've all done, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. picked up some bad habits and and you know, as far as eating and and you know, and probably some other things. Um, and fitness was just a way for you to kind of maybe lose some of those bad habits, kind of get back into, uh, you know, uh, you know better shape to feel better about yourself. But, it, you know, I'm assuming that wasn't something that just happened overnight, right? I mean, it's something that you probably maybe even still continue to work on.
1: Yeah. Well, and, you know, kind of going back to like just sort of, um, you know, the beginning of, you know, getting into personal training while also trying to get back to running. Um, the the thing that took the longest, and I mean, was even thinking about this on today's run, just how long it took me to get to a point where I could run because I enjoyed it and not because I felt like I was punishing myself for, you know, past sins, so to speak. Um, but it really, you know, part of it was like the evolution of, of sports science and understanding know how the body uh best responds to training and and then also a little bit of a mental evolution so coming from a place with you know not that great of a high school track coach you know he was known for giving us a workout putting a few trash cans out and scolding us if we didn't throw up, because that means we didn't work hard enough. And then he would go sit in his truck and smoke. So you know, didn't have a whole lot of great leadership from running from the get go. But all we were told is like, run hard and then run harder, and then run harder still. And that's all I knew getting back into it. So it's like it wasn't enough to work out, I had to work out harder. And each workout needed to be harder than the one before, or else I wasn't doing anything. You know, that was the only way I knew to have any kind of quantifiable result, so to speak, with the fitness process, whether it was running or um, hammering it out on the elliptical, or going to like ninety-minute insane like kickboxing classes, um, and just bit by bit, while I lost weight and you know thought I was like oh, I was doing all these great things for my body, I was actually running myself into the ground. Um, you know, burning the candle at both ends, uh, working uh a couple of jobs while also you know running 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 and i also became a bit obsessed to the point that like if i missed a run my brain would just be spinning like oh my god i can't believe i missed that run how am i going to make up for this um if a run didn't go at according to the plan as fast or um you know if i didn't cover the distance that i thought i needed to that day again how am i going to make up for that work how am i going to make up for those miles so well, I thought I was doing something for healthy for myself. It clearly wasn't coming from a healthy mental space, um, and it took, you know, really training other people and seeing, you know, all the different places that other people are coming from. One for me to really develop an appreciation for my body, um, and two to recognize that, like, you know, I'm I'm really taking my body for granted, and um, I'm not going to be able to move the way that I want to, if I keep treating it this way. And it was a really gradual evolution. I think having a daughter really helped not wanting her to have that same negative relationship with her body or with exercise and movement. Um, and it has really been over the past like five years or so that I've wanted to sort of hammer home that message of just like, Hey, this should be about joyful movement. It should leave you wanting to move the next day, not like a crumpled heap, you know, on the floor after every workout. Um, And, you know, the idea of like injury prevention too. just understanding that like, you can't take and take and take from your body without giving something back. And you have to give things back in the form of restorative movement and mobility and resistance training.
0: Well, I mean, I think you know, even though that happened to you, and as far as the pushing hard and all that at an at a, you know at an early age, that because of the the coach that didn't have the leadership skills and maybe not even the correct training, I still think that we still see messages of that today, right, through social media or through a variety mm-hmm. of different things, where you know you know you know even even certain maybe even mantras that are supposed to kind of get you pumped up, you know you know. You know, go hard or or go home, or you know, uh, you know if you, you 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 know if you haven't mm-hmm. puked, you haven't tried hard enough. You know, everything it should be feel like it's very difficult and very hard. So there's that mentality that that I think, you know, a lot of us feel that if you don't feel completely drained or completely spent. Uh, and horrible after a workout, after a run, then you didn't try hard enough. That you, you know, maybe aren't worthy of, mm-hmm. uh, of, of, you know, calling yourself a runner, or even for that matter. To, uh, you know, for some people, it might be the distance. If you're not running an X type of distance or a certain pace, then you're not, mm-hmm. you know, working hard enough. You're not at a certain level and that you shouldn't be, you know, maybe uh, perceived as a runner, classified as a runner. I think that's why, and some, some of it, I think, also comes internally, right? Where, you know, we've seen it when, mm-hmm. when we've worked in the store where someone comes in the store and they're coming to get shoes and their first thing out of their mouth is, I'm not a real runner because of their mind. Oh,
1: yes. Like 90% of the people that would come in.
0: Yeah. Because, yeah, because in their, in their mind, they're, they're, they're already kind of self doubt that that's coming from internally. They're feeling that because maybe they're not pushing hard enough because maybe they're just getting started because maybe they're not doing the distance that they think others are doing. They don't see themselves as a real runner. So I think that's and that
1: is something that also really kind of pushed that evolution for me for sure was like working with those people and and wanting to like you know inspire them but then also like reassure them like yes you belong here. Yes, it's you know okay for you to invest in this for yourself. And you know, if you're putting yourself through any kind of motion of your own volition. Like, you know, I say, if if you run for any length of time, you can call yourself a runner, whether it's 30 seconds or 30 hours, you know, if you're making yourself run, you're a runner. And it made me realize like, wow, I'm saying this to a lot of people. I need to really start believing it for myself, you know, and not always be looking at like what I'm doing compared to others. And if I was fast enough or I ran far enough to, you know, be able to consider myself as a part of this, you know, whatever it is. Um. you know, a real ultra runner, for example, or, you know, I'm not signing up for races every other weekend. You know, do I really belong in this club?
0: Well, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, you've probably gone through this. I know I go through it as well, where, you know, I have sort of kind of self-doubt as well as to where I, I fit in and maybe go through different seasons of, well, I don't feel like running or I feel like I'm burnt out Or I don't, because I'm not Mm -hmm. signing up for races, you know, maybe, you know, I'm no longer a runner, you know. And I think that sort of kind of changes and, you know, there's times I think where we've, even though we know better, you know, where we know where we shouldn't be maybe overtraining, we should do recovery days, we should be foam rolling, we should be stretching, we should be, you know, strength training. Sometimes, you know, we preach that, but we don't necessarily practice it, right?
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: So I think, you know,
1: yeah, and
0: yeah, I mean, I think this is a great reminder for me talking to you because I know that there's things that I know I should be doing. I don't make the time to do it, you know, and I think with you working with clients, you're sort of kind of, you know, having to deal with it on a regular basis. I think that's a great reminder for you, right?
1: Absolutely. And, um, know and even still it took me years of you know being you know operating independently and and thinking that incidental activity alone like demonstrating exercises was enough um and it, it took me years of realizing like oh i actually really need to like carve out a little bit more dedicated time for myself even though i'm in a gym um or i am out and about you know, for a while it was mobile training. So, you know, I'm out and about I'm in parks, I'm outside. Um, but it still, the actual care that I needed to take of myself became an afterthought. And, uh, you know, that, again, it just, you know, I think back on how long it took me to learn. I'm like, man, if I had learned this 10 years ago, maybe, <laughs> you know, maybe I would I'd have found uh, a, a bit more, you know, strength a little bit sooner. But at the same time, I'm like, I can't, couldn't be happier, you know, approaching 40 and knowing that now, finally, like I'm really setting myself up for maybe some of my best years of running yet. Um, you know, and I work with a lot of people like 40 plus, um, in their fifties, sixties, even seventies. And the first question they ask is like, you know, I know it's probably too late for me, but could I do this or could I learn that? And, you know, my answer is always the same. Like it's never too late to learn a new skill. It's never too late to develop muscle. Um, and if nothing, like you know, the best time to start was yesterday. So I'm glad you're here today. Um, and you know, I, you know, real almost like you know, cried happy tears when one of my clients who is um, 74 said, you know, I think I'm going to start running again. Wow. And it's like you know, people think. You know they, they go to college and they graduate and they get their first big job and then they you know maybe settle down with a partner and, and maybe grow family and they're you know in their late 20s early 30s and they're like oh well you know i have to like i really got to slow down now i can't i can't just you know and i'm like there's you can keep going, you can keep doing the things. There will be seasons in life where you have to slow down and take care of, you know, yourself and those around you. And there'll be other seasons where you can really uh, just focus in on yourself. But it's just it's never too late to, you know, take your health into your own hands and decide to do something that feels good for your body if if you're inclined to do so. That's the biggest thing is they have to want to. I'm not out here. I'm going to, you know, with preaching on my soapbox, I'm not out here, um, forcing anyone to exercise, you know, if they don't want to.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think, I mean, like I said, I think everyone sort of kind of goes through different, you know, seasons or phases through their life. You know, I'm 52. So, you know, 10, 12 years ago, I kind of got back into, I will not maybe I won't even got back into it because I've been in and out of running and have had a love and hate relationship with running, And, um, but it was probably 12 years ago where I finally became more consistent with running and exercise where I I realized that, you know, the reason I hated running was because I would, I would run and then I would be sore and my knees would hurt. And I'm like, well, that's it. I'm I'm not a runner. I hate running. And then I would give it up entirely. Maybe I'd pick it up in a few months. Maybe I'd pick it up in a in, in a couple of years and then I'd feel awful again and give it up. And it wasn't until I started doing it slowly, progressively and consistently that I figured that I learned that it was like, okay, well this isn't that hard. Your body kind of, sorta of, kind of adapts and you become to enjoy it and and to be better at it. And through that, I got motivated, I got inspired because I started seeing results. And then I was like, I want to go out and race, you know, and I wanted to go out and PR and, and compete. Mm-hmm. And, and so my distances started, you know, getting longer where I started out at the 5K, the 10K, half marathon, marathon, you know, getting into ultra distances, doing triathlons, doing Ironmans, doing all this stuff. And now I'm at a, at a point where I'm like, I don't know that I really want to race anymore, you know? but it doesn't mean that I'm quitting, you know, exercising or running. That's still part of something I that I continue to do, but it's not the main focus. Now I'm doing it for just making sure that there's a, you know, I have a good quality of lifestyle, right? You know, good, healthy lifestyle as I get older, especially, you know, at 52 and then maybe you know, 60, 70, that I'm still able to be active and move around and do things that, you know, you know, keep me healthy, keep me active, but and keep me mobile because I don't want to, you know, in 10, 15, 20 years, you know, have issues where I'm like, well, I don't have the muscle mass or the bone density, or I haven't eaten properly. And so my quality of life has deteriorated um, because I didn't take care of myself. And I wish I, I started a lot sooner, you know, but it's not too late to do that. And so I'm, mm-hmm. I'm glad that I did it when I did. Um, so I think that's a great message and and just to hear that someone, one of your clients at 74 decided that they wanted to pick up, start running again. I think that's awesome because I do think that it's mm-hmm. something that you can do at any point in your life. It's just how you go about doing it, right? If you've got Absolutely. the right trainer, if you've got the right attitude, if you've got the right information, then you can go out and you can start running. You can start cycling, swimming, or doing any activity that you could potentially, you know, want to do at any age. So I think that's, that's awesome. Um,
1: and the, uh, and the thing that you touched on there that, um, I definitely try to embody now more than ever. Um, this goes back to something that, um, one of my favorite teachers back in high school said to me, um, he posts, uh, you know, he challenged me to find something that I can love in the absence of, everything and everyone else, basically something that I can love to do. That's really just for me. It took me a few extra decades to find it. um, And that really is just being out and about and moving my body Um, primarily running. But I also enjoy, you know, lifting weights, getting on the Peloton, going for hikes, um, you know, getting in a canoe, like just basically really being able to use my body to do any kind of activity and feel strong and confident in doing so. Um, And that kind of, you know, a similar question to that, just to plug my friend's uh, podcast, The Adventure Jogger, one thing that Ryan always asks there is, uh, you know, if you were to take away, um, you know, races, medals, ultra sign up standings, you know, um, what's the other one, like run sign up that's used, you know, for uh, road races. If you were to take all of that away, would you still run? And, you know, to broaden it beyond running, um, basically like, would you still do the thing that you do in the absence of praise and accolades? And for a while, I I got caught up in the praise and accolades. I was like, you just sort of naturally fell into, um, you know, being a little bit further up, like, you know, front of the mid pack or, you know, even podium, like on podium for some races. And it just, You know some of its genetic you know when when somebody does perform really well there's definitely genetics at play some of it is hard work and when you have when you win the lottery of being able to execute you know uh hard work with really good genetics that's where we see like the elite athletes um but just because i got lucky in some races you know i thought like oh okay well this is where i need to try to be from now on and i lost the joy in it i you know, thought that unless I was, you know, placing in the top three, um, you know, that you know, what was what was worth, you know, would it be worth it to even try? And so now, you know, getting to a space with my running that, like, yeah, I still sign up for a couple races a year, um, but it's I, I mean, I was signing up for races like every month or every other month um, when I first kind of got bit by the ultra bug, to the point that it became like kind of a problem, like I kind of a problem in my relationship with my family. My husband's like, you're gone a lot. And I realized that, you know, one, I was using it, um, in place of other bad habits. Um, and even though it took me a while to even, you know, get to a space where like, I was being healthy to my body like inside and out when it came to like, not just setting up for races, but like, you know, drinking and all, all that kind of stuff, um, which, Sometimes goes hand in hand with trail races, and it's hard to avoid. Um, but it, it was definitely like I was running to like distract, to dissociate, to avoid something, you know, that I needed to face head on, which was, you know, really being able to find, you know, joy and love for myself, you know, just as I was, and not for how I placed in races or how I showed up, you know, to perform each day.
0: Yeah, and I can relate to that. Now, I you know, for me, I think I I, you know, I placed in maybe less than a you know, I mean, we're talking maybe two, three places, you know, times where maybe I placed in a race. So for me it wasn't necessarily the the drive of the accolades or, you know, the you know, getting on a podium because that didn't happen very often. It it was rare, and if it happened, I always chalked it up to, was like, well, the fast people didn't show up, you know? But there was, I was driven by the Mm -hmm. fact that it's like, could I go faster? You know, could I beat my time from last race? Or, you know, could I PR? And so there was that that was driving that was motivating, um, but was also kind of, you know, maybe wasn't really healthy because I did get to a certain point where I started feeling kind of burnt out. I started feeling that in some aspects, you know, and in some circles, I felt like almost like I had a target on my back that other people were coming out because they saw mm-hmm. that I placed or that I was gotten faster or I beat them. Maybe I didn't place, but on this one particular race, I happened to pass them. I had a better day than they did. And all of a sudden I sort of kind of had mm-hmm. a target on my back. And so I'm looking over my shoulder Trying to push myself, you know, to be faster, and that sort of became, yeah, uh, you know, a bit unhealthy. Um, and mm-hmm. I think at the same time, I started doing the same thing by increasing the distance, you know, by going longer, going for the marathon, going into ultra distances, and and doing, uh, you know, you know, fifty k's. I mean, I got to the point where I was, yeah, you know, I got, I, you know, one. Or two years, I think I attempted to do, um, three 50 Ks, you know, within, you know, I think six to eight weeks, you know, time period, which is nuts when you think about it. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, the last 50 K I yep. did, I, I, I didn't finish. I went in and I just didn't mentally, I just wasn't into it. I was doing it because I sort of signed up and because I felt like I had to do it. And, mm-hmm. you know, I just I just I was like what am I doing out here what was my purpose what was my reason for for doing it and I I just didn't have it at that time so uh, you know I'm I was probably also working through some things and you know and just sort of kind of you know, you know felt like I needed to go out there and kind of push myself and had something to prove I don't know um But now it's more of these where I'm trying to pick the races that I do and it's not a lot that I'm doing. And it's sort of like I don't want to do the same race over and over again. I want to do something different. You know, Mm -hmm. even if it's something local, I want to do something that's different because if I, you know, I don't, you know, and I don't want to mention any particular race and and knocking your race. But, you know, if I've done this race for the last 10 years, I'm like, okay, what's different? What's changed? I'm seeing the exact same people, the exact same course, the exact same streets, the exact same turns. And, you know, I'd rather go and do something completely different, you know. And there's a part of me now that wants to Mm -hmm. sort of travel and do a term that's called racecation, right? Where you go on a, you know, on a vacation you take, you travel and you, and you. Although
1: my husband insists that is not a vacation.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, you could, you could look at it different ways. I mean, if, if you're going solely just to run the race and, and that's Mm -hmm. it and then come back, then no, it's not a vacation. But if you're yeah, going no. <laughs> to actually explore and see the sites and spend some time out there, then I think it can count as a as a vacation. So I was lucky enough yeah. to do that before the pandemic. I ended up going. Um, so in 2019, I went out and crewed for someone out at Leadville, and ended up spending a week out there and and went to Vale and Copper and ran Leadville, you know, and um, mm-hmm. you know Breckenridge. So I found that to be a bit of a vacation. Really enjoyed it because I got to explore and see you know, things that I couldn't do and I was able to do it while trail running. Um, did a couple of races out mm-hmm. in Utah where I ran Zion Bryce and Grand Canyon and, you know, flew into, you know, Salt Lake and got to spend some time there. So I found that to be something different and unique and I really enjoyed that and I enjoyed the fact that I could run and see things that otherwise I wouldn't have been able to see because it got me into places that are either difficult to get to or places where there's not a whole lot of mm-hmm. people, it's not very touristy. So I enjoyed that aspect of it. Um, so yeah, I think those are things that I think, you know, like I said, we all go through different phases in our lives and, and it sort of kind of changes our, you know, where we're at and wherever you're at, I mean, you know, that's great for who you are. And I think, you know, you do what you want to do, whatever makes you happy. Um, mm-hmm. So I you know one of the things I want to kind of talk a bit about as well because I did mention you know a little bit as far as you know pre-pandemic where you and I you know I think the last time you know I saw you in person and I know things sort of kind of changed, and I know my you know the last of my travel route was really you know before the pandemic and everything shut down I had to cancel things um, and so we all I think mentally you know we all had some things that we all kind of went through. you wrote about it on your blog. So I was wondering if you would mm-hmm. mind kind of diving a little bit into that, because I think that's something other people, at, you know, you know, could learn from relate to as well.
1: Um, yeah. Cause I, 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 touched on this briefly just talking to you, but um, yeah, the, the biggest thing, you know, in terms of, you know, getting to where I am today was uh, not just acknowledging that I was um, you know, not being good to my body in terms of how I was trying to train, you know, punishing myself with, with my training style, so to speak. But, um, then also, you know, this, uh, counterintuitive or counterproductive, uh, dichotomy of like then going home and, uh, you know, drinking at night. And this kind of predates the pandemic, but, you know, it, being part of the trail running scene does sort of sometimes lend itself toward this idea of like, wow, I just went really hard and now I can go party hard. And so I kind of, you know, leaned into that. Maybe part of it was just kind of feeling like "Ah, I'm getting older, but, you know, I don't want to I don't want to be old like I want to still feel young. I want to socialize on the party, Um, maybe not in the club, maybe out on the trail. But, you know, part of it was just still this sense of like wanting to embrace my youth. and then so it's like i didn't i didn't have the best relationship with alcohol from the get go um, alcoholism did run my family um i definitely went through a period of heavy drinking when i was a lot younger um you know i was in a band so it was like a prerequisite Uh, (laughs) but from there, you know, it was just, it was just always there. It was just always there. It was always a part of my life. And, and I never really thought much of it because at least with, you know, some of the things I witnessed growing up, what I knew alcoholism to be, I was like, well, I'm not falling down, slurring, picking fights, getting picked up by the cops, crashing my car, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not out of control. Like I'm always, you know, I find my way into my own bed, but you know, if I really think back, there are plenty of nights when I was younger that I should not have been driving home. So, you know, that was a problem. It was, you know, problematic and unhealthy for sure. Um, But, you know, I always thought I kind of had control of it and, you know, through uh, pregnancy and all of that, obviously wasn't an issue not to drink at all. Um, or hardly at all. It's like, weirdly, I did crave a little bit of beer and I would have like a couple of sips and somehow my body knew like, okay, you don't really need this. You don't want this. Like, that's it. Um, so, you know, but I jokingly say that was pretty much my longest period of abstinence in my entire adult life was just being pregnant in, you know, the first few months of nursing. And then from there, you know, I was still, as I was trying to find my way professionally, I was still just doing what I could to make a paycheck. So when we first moved to Atlanta, I was waiting tables. Just like being in a band, waiting tables often carries a prerequisite of drinking. That's what you do after, you know, last table leaves, you know, you're doing shots with the kitchen. You're going to East Atlanta Village to find a place that's still serving food and, you know, more drinks. And again, part of me just kind of felt like, I didn't know what i was doing i didn't know if i was going to ever have a career in training and uh with that uncertainty and that sense of like imposter syndrome like i'm not ever going to really be anything you know just just boring mom like whatever waiting tables like i think i allowed myself to just sort of you know bury those feelings with alcohol and uh it would come and go. I'd have phases where I was like, oh, "Okay, that was a bit much. I need to cut back for you know a, a week or a month or whatever." But it never like really went away, and you know it was just always there, always there. And then in the past few years, especially with the pandemic, um, you know, not only did it highlight for me like how much I was drinking before, but then it like kind of exacerbated it because like no, now I've got nothing to do. The uncertainty of whether my business will continue. You know, at that point, I had just made the jump to being Jen Raby Fitness full time. Um, you know, I, I jokingly say, you know, I got fired, but you know, for no availability. But really, it was like I had uh, at the time Trisha was managing in Midtown, and uh, I went to her with my availability. She was like, Jen, I can't do anything with this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, but congratulations for being too busy to work at Big Peach anymore. Um, but you know, I had just made that jump to being and owning my business and doing that full time and then pandemic hits. So of course it was like, you know, all right, well, we can't go out. Restaurants are closed. Uh, I don't have, you know, for the, for quite a while, didn't have any early morning appointments, or at least didn't have to wake up early to drive to commute, as I was trying to, you know, keep things going virtually with my clients. So yeah, what's what's one more drink after dinner? What's two more drinks? Oh, let's get fancy. Let's make cocktails. Let's, you know, I'll relive my bartending days. And, you know, as it so often does, it just sort of sneakily started creeping up. And again, never to the point where like I'm slurring or picking fights or whatever. But I'm like, you know, waiting for a husband, and kid to go to bed so I can pour one more. And you know, even the kid jokingly saying like, you know, I'm walking in the door, and like, let me guess, I'm going to get you a beer. Like, you know, oh crap, she's calling me out, you know, or the husband saying. Wow, that you're already through that bottle of like whatever, like tequila or whiskey and it's like oh well, you know, it's like you know, one or two pours here and there are like, yeah, you know, just kind of blowing it off. But then I realized like no wait, like literally every single night at least three drinks, you know, just to shut the brain off and quell anxiety and, you know, feel like I could get to sleep. Um and so the, the final straw, so to speak, was, you know, the first big event we got to go to when things started coming back and, uh, people were, you know, uh, making up for events that had been canceled. Uh, we got, we were going to a gala and that prominently features whiskey, like mm-hmm. everywhere, you know, like the stuff that I would never get in a bar. Cause it would cost $200 a shot. They're just like pouring everywhere. Um, and. I just got so, so disgustingly, like, grossly drunk. And fortunately, I'm not the kind that, like, I'm not going to get on a table. I'm not going to take my top off. I'm not going to do any of that kind of crazy stuff. Instead, I'm going to sit in a corner and uh, cry, you know, feeling like a waste of a human, basically. And that's what I did for the rest of the night. And it was embarrassing because the next day... Everyone's checking up on me like is Jen okay? What's wrong with Jen? Like oh my god, she was really, you know, out of sorts last night. Like legitimately concerned for my mental well-being. Even my husband was like, "You said some stuff last night that was really scary, and I don't even remember half of what I said. But apparently it was to the effect of like not wanting to be here anymore." And I never have those kind of thoughts, and I realized like, holy crap, this really does something to me that is bad. And through, you know, a lot of, uh, like soul searching therapy, like not just trying to wing it and do it on my own. Like I did before with the running, I was like, no, I need somebody to like hold my hand through this. So, um, you know, I kind of, I worked with a therapist. I immediately like went, you know, 14 days dry to kind of just get it all out of my system because I was like, I want to have a healthy relationship with myself first and foremost. Um, and I don't know that like, it has to be a hundred percent abstinence, but I definitely know that it can't be this anymore. Um, and it was, you know, good, like, you know, I would say in total, a good eight months before I got to the point where I even felt confident enough to have a dry month. And when I did that, that was the biggest, like, aha, like, oh my gosh, like. I've really actually like broken up with you know the reliance this relationship with alcohol, um, and it, it got me to the point where it's like now I can have a beer after I've eaten, after I've hydrated, after I've taken care of all the, the the checklists of all the things that I need to do to take care of myself. And if like I go home and I know there's not a beer to have or not a drink of anything to have. I'm totally okay with that. And like, I would never have been able to say that in the past before. Um, and, and so I wanted to be candid about that and share that, um, especially on my website, because I don't want to be one of those trainers that's out there like trying to show off how perfect they are. And like, don't you want to be like me? Don't you want my life? Like, no, I'm messy. I'm complicated. We're all messy. We're all complicated. And you know, I, I really just want my clients to see that like, it's okay to have these struggles like they're still okay they're still awesome human beings and you know not not to hide away you know with with these you know demons to to do what you have to do to take care of yourself and you know, just to stem off of that a little bit, to bring it back to running. You know, we we sometimes joking jokingly will say, you know, running. Oh, it's cheaper than therapy. And I'm here to a thousand percent advocate for running and therapy. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, yeah, I've heard. I've definitely have heard that. Especially, I'd say, even in the ultra running community, uh, I think that's uh, a term I've, I've especially heard. Um, and, and you're right. I mean, we are, we're, 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 none of us are perfect. We're all a work in progress. We're all kind of messy to varying degrees. And, uh, so, I mean, I appreciate you, you know, being open and honest about it and sharing your story. Cause I do think that's, you know, it, it just allows others, I think, to know that, you know, they're not alone, that they may be having some issues, Um, and maybe they need help, you know, maybe they need someone to talk to. Um, You know, on your blog, I did see that you reached out to uh, BetterHelp, uh, betterhelp betterhelp.com and Mm -hmm. Moderation Management, and that's moderation.org, so that if you need any type of help, you know, uh, if you're listening to this or if you know someone that, uh, you know, that needs help, uh, you know, by all means, you know, use these resources because they are resources available. Um, and, you know, like I said, we're not perfect. I know that, um, you know, I've had, you know, in my younger years, you know, just like, you know, you shared, uh, Jen, is, uh, you know, college, you know, I think even in high school, when you know, when we're not supposed to be doing, we're not a legal age, you know, we, you know, we all sampled it. We all went to the parties. We all went to the high school parties. We all stayed out late at night and, uh, did some things that we probably, you know, to this day regret or wish we hadn't done. And, um, and I know that through my college years, it was, you know, for myself, you know, I would probably looking back saying I probably didn't have a healthy relationship with alcohol, you know, and it's gotten better, you know, for sure, I I think I'm at a point right now where it's, you know, I I drink for, you know, uh, primarily in social, um, you know, but I do have a beer, um, you know, Mm -hmm. by myself, but it's typically like you said, it's after dinner, it's like, okay, one beer while I'm watching a movie, it's just kind of a nice way to kind of just settle in for the evening. But it's, you know, maybe once or twice mm-hmm. a week, you know, and it's only one, you know, uh, or two at the most at these days. Because the other part of it is, is like you wake up the next morning and you're like, you know, you don't feel that great. It, it's, you know, your, your body just mm-hmm. doesn't metabolize the alcohol as quickly and get it out of your system when you can't recover at, at it as quickly as you, you know, would have when, you know, let's say I was 21 or 22, you know? So, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. So I'm glad you shared that with us. So now I'm going to go ahead and, 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 Prop up you know, the the soapbox for you because I know you have some uh, definite views mm-hmm. on you know the diet and fitness industry. So if if you want to see uh, Jen sort of do some some entertaining videos, uh, you know follow her at Instagram uh, at Jen Fitness. But you know there's some things you've talked about as far as the diet and fitness industry. Uh, you know things about fad diets, caloric deficit, even some Instagram influencers in cardio versus lifting so here you go there here's your soapbox let's hear what you have (laughs) to say because i you know and i and i I, I also want to make go ahead i mean i agree with what you're saying it's one of the reasons that i wanted to have (laughs) you on here
1: um well yeah and to make sort of a neat you know, uh, concise sort of a segue from, from alcohol and like into the diet industry. Um, that's one thing that's also like kind of insidious, you know, in, in health and wellness and with personal trainers. Um, I saw it, you know, in the gym when I used to work in a big box gym and went just getting started, um, you know, same with the trail scene, this idea that like, oh, if I live every, if I live my life and I make my body look a certain way and I, I work on all of this to make myself look perfect. And then like it's totally fine if i go like party right and you know the idea that like we have diets out there that tell people you know don't even look at fruit or sugar you know how you know all you need is protein and fiber or all you need is meat or you know like we have all these crazy diets out there and yet like people you know and i've heard people say like oh i can't have sugar but they're drinking two glasses or three glasses of wine at night so A big part of this evolution for me was to really help people understand like the science and the reasoning behind you know uh what is and isn't good for our bodies and i follow a lot of intuitive eating uh registered dietitians um and i follow a lot of uh you know trainers and coaches who are well versed in exercise science and i like to kind of help those two things meet you know for my clients and the biggest thing is to really understand um, what the body needs. And first and foremost, the body needs uh, limitation on stress. And so if we are stressing our body with excessive drinking, for example, if we are stressing our body by not sleeping enough, if we're stressing our body with 80 hour work weeks, um, you know, loaded with travel, um, then it doesn't really matter what we do in the gym. doesn't matter how fast we run the body will find a way to shut itself down because it's eventually gonna say enough i don't want this anymore you're doing too much to me and that's when we reach burnout or we um see you know people with adrenal fatigue that's where you know the the body just cannot regulate its hormone production um you know and, and all of those things. So I really like to try to help my clients really understand that, like, you know, and then on top of that, if they're going to throw dieting on top of, they're going to actually be overly restrictive. That's another stress on top of the pile. And so first and foremost, you know, I want people to help understand like where they can mitigate stressors in their lives. Um, and taking away some of those overly restrictive food rules and understanding what really is detrimental to our health. And I'm telling you, like, I'm here to say, like, the donut is not gonna kill you. The burger is not gonna kill you. The slice of pizza is not gonna kill you. Too much drinking might kill you, you know? To, taking, uh, you know, drugs, you I know, might <laughs> do a number, but, um, you know, th- like, to really understand that, like, it part of the process, if you're gonna ask anything of your body, whether it's to change your body composition, to run faster to lift more or anything. The the first thing we need to do is make sure you have a decent relationship with what you're putting into your body. Um, and that means, you know, recognizing when it really does need something like maybe it does need a little bit more fiber, maybe you need an apple or some broccoli here and there. Maybe it just needs more calories overall, because uh, it's been chronically deprived. Uh, maybe you need a little bit more protein, like having like a small systematic approach to gradually trying to finding out what the body needs rather than like chasing one diet after another and only chasing the results of weight loss.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I've sort of kind of have seen and, you know, and it makes me suspect and, it, you know, is when you see a, an influencer, a trainer or someone, you know, in some sort of ad that says, you only need to do this one thing. Or this is the okay. only way of doing this. Or, you know, um, even, you know, there was a video that I saw recently, um, where, you know, one of the, one of the individuals that, that I watched because I think he's, he's smart, he's a, uh, a trainer, he's on YouTube is Jeff Cavalieri. you know, um, don't know if you're familiar mm-hmm. with him. Um, but because yeah. he, I listen to him because he, he calls it. You know, and says it the way you know. I think you would probably say it, and and he's not you know putting you know saying any BS out there. He's being very honest and open, and saying, you know, you need to strength train. And granted, he's not a runner. He he actually I think you know is against running. You know, but he believes in cardio. He believes in you know in training as far as strength training, um, but also more importantly, is dieting. And there was a video where, you know, someone on TikTok or something, YouTube or something said something like, oh, this person did, you know, burpees for, you know, X number of days and look at how ripped he is, he's got six-pack abs. And then he broke it down. It's like going. That's not the only <laughs> he's like, thing. Like probably dieted.
1: dehydrated and
0: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's like. But yeah. did you did you did you pay attention to what he was eating and the dieting? Because that had more of an effect of him getting six pack abs and getting you know losing that weight than just doing burpees for whatever hundred days or thirty days or things like that. Yeah. Because we see that a lot, where it's like, you know, and it's those. Um, the clickbait where it's like, oh, this person, you know, did a hundred pushups every day for the 30 days and look at the results. And that doesn't paint the entire Mm -hmm. picture. And it's not a healthy picture if you try to go about that, that route. And at the same time, I know I've seen these, you know, uh, you know, fitness influencers where they'll demonstrate some, you know, oh, do these exercises for that six pack ab or for shoulders or for arms. And you're looking at them and yeah. they're completely. And that's what sells. That's still what sells. Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're, you know, and they're very toned and thin and lean, but at the same time, I've also seen the other side of that where, where I've seen articles that sort of kind of debunked and saying, well, before they do those videos, they've been, you know, fasting or have, you know, not had any, in, in and they're dehydrated in order to kind of show the leanness. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's an a, a unhealthy depiction of what they would probably really look like if they weren't shooting that video to, as an, as an influencer.
1: Mm-hmm. A- absolutely. And, you know, that's what the first thing I really try to make sure I let clients know in the intake process that like, there's a reason why Um, I don't have before and after pictures and I don't measure and I don't give meal plans and I don't issue calorie counts. Um, The only instance where I might give like an approximate ballpark of what I would want someone trying to eat is when I know they're really under eating and be like, hey, you can really, you know, up your calorie counts, um, you know, in order to perform, you know and you know people fall on a big spectrum and the the best thing i learned is like to understand like you know the the triangle of of desire so to speak so it's like on one corner you have aesthetic on the other you have performance and on the third corner you have uh longevity and everyone wants something different so that's not to say that to want to look a certain way is terrible and you shouldn't want that at all but it's really to just understand the work that goes into it. Um, You know, very similar to the triangle of expectations and the hopes, in the home. Like you can have a clean house, a happy family, and you can be happy, Hmm. but you can't have all three, right? (sighs) So if you're going strictly for aesthetic, then you're going to have to give up a little bit of joy in your life through diet and the exercises that uh, you perform Are not actually going to be, uh, health promoting necessarily like super high reps, you know, to get that really, um, shredded look, so to speak, boiled chicken and broccoli, you know, to, to reduce, um, the, the body fat percentage, like, you know, really carefully planned diets and stuff like that and some people really love that you know they see it as an art you know to the way they can sculpt their bodies and that's that's great that's great for them you know um that's not the crowd i'm typically trying to work with or that's not the demographic i'm uh you know marketing myself to um so you know ideally the body can find itself in a happy medium if you know the approach is again like you know uh I should say patient, you know, systemic approach where there might be the result of some fat loss. There might be some weight loss, but if you only go after that as the goal, you're going to miss a lot of pieces along the way. And if you're looking at something that you see online thinking like, Oh man, if I just looked like that, I would finally be happy. I would venture to say that would be something worth exploring with, uh, you know, a different kind of health professional, mental health professional or a certified intuitive eating counselor to really understand, like, you know, why does that image have such a hold on you? Why does that idea that, you know, your body has to look a certain way to finally be happy with yourself, because there's usually more behind it. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of the time, and because I've been there too, like I, I did get myself to a point where I had like a nice little six pack for like a minute. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but I, again, wasn't healthy at that time by any means, um, because I was still, you know, burning the candle at both ends, waiting tables, working in a big box gym, taking care of a preschooler, drinking at the end of the day, like, but oh, but I had a six pack, you know, yeah. like, I'm making the, what do you expect face? Uh, It's not gonna, it, it won't necessarily end well if you only chase looking a certain way. And yeah, as you mentioned, there's a lot behind that image that you're probably not seeing.
0: Right, and I, I know. I mean, and it's, and I think it's not just the way you look, but I think it also comes down to numbers, right? Where someone says, "Oh, if I lose X amount of pounds, or if I weigh X, then I will be happy." Yeah, you know, and that's not necessarily. And we are the case.
1: quantifying our value by a number on the scale, like you know, I, I saw a great thing from an account that I follow, a dietitian Anna, thing, and it was like, your number is literally just your body's relationship to gravity. Mm -hmm. And you could live your whole life without knowing what you weigh and be perfectly healthy. Like, it's just a number. And, you know, I I won't go into that whole thing, because, again, I'm not a registered dietitian myself, but there are lots of great people to follow. Uh, Melissa Adrian coaching. She's a registered dietitian. She was my instructor, um, you know, back in um, back when I was in school for personal training um what the actual fork podcast is a great one to listen to to really debunk a lot of diet uh bs um maintenance phase you know these are all resources that i point my clients in the direction toward um if they're ready to kind of hear some things to help them cons- reconsider their relationship with like food in their bodies and the idea that like weight is any kind of indicator of health which it's, it's it's an in, sometimes an indicator of things out, you know, that need attention. But it it in and of itself is not like I oh, would just lose weight and be healthy. There are always other behaviors that need to be addressed, other things happening within within the body that need to be addressed. Otherwise, you know, as they say, on maintenance phase, um, we wouldn't see skinny people getting sick. You know, yeah. if if it all came down to weight you know, then, yeah, we wouldn't have disease if we were in a smaller body, but we know that that's not true.
0: Yeah. I mean, and, and for me, that's one of the things that I've sort of kind of learned and, and sort of kind of, and still learning and still trying to find that balance, right. Because, you know, back when I was doing, you know, these longer distance, when I was doing, you know, Ironman races and triathlons and really, you know, you know, running, swimming, biking, and, 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 and then getting into ultra distances, I dropped a lot of weight. I got to a point where I was weighing 132 pounds, but I did not have muscle definition. I did not look like you would expect someone that was you know five 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 six at 132 pounds. I didn't look like a elite Kenyan runner that would typically be you know weighing around that weight, right? I I was still had you know I didn't have the six pack abs, and it was a lot of it had to do with diet, a lot of it had to do with the fact that I wasn't really doing strength training, I was just doing cardio and I was really, I guess, you know, had a caloric deficit because I kept, you know, dropping weight but I wasn't building muscle, not in any, and doing it in a healthy way and luckily I think, you know, I caught it, you know, mm-hmm. or I, don't, I won't say I caught it, I just think I naturally kind of progressed away from doing that and, and just becoming healthier mentally in the in what I wanted to do as far as running, and just exercise that um, because I think otherwise, I think I probably would have gotten sick, you know, I, you know, um, I think I probably would have ended up with a, you know, a stress fracture and probably, you know, kept me mm-hmm. from running for, for a longer period of time because, uh, you know, I think I was pushing myself a little too hard um, at the time. And so, uh, you know, I, I heard a term, uh, I think, uh, you know, a few years after that, that was, you know, called skinny fat. And I'm like, that's what I was. Mm-hmm. I was skinny fat. I was, I was, I was, I was, you know, low mm-hmm. body weight, but I had no muscle definition. I didn't have the six pack abs, um, and it just, you know, didn't really, uh, you know, work for me. And, and I ended up, uh, you know, hope, you know, gradually, I think I got better. And I'm still kind of in that learning phase of trying to become healthier. Jen, really appreciate you taking the time to uh, kind of share your story, your insights. I think uh, you know, m- you know, myself included, but many of our listeners will appreciate your thoughts and uh, you know, from a trainer as well as kind of your journey. So, I really appreciate you uh, stopping by and uh, joining us on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much. Happy, happy to preach a little bit and. Uh- <laughs> I it was fun. I don't mind being candid. And I hope this helps other people too. just kind of, you know, feel a little bit more comfortable, you know, in, in being honest for themselves and uh, finding what they need for themselves, you know, in their own journeys.
0: Excellent. Well, if you want more information, if you, you know, if you want to reach out to uh, Jen, you can reach her at uh, JenRabyFitness.com. That is her website and her studio. So if you have questions about training, if you want to, if you're looking for a personal trainer, if you're looking at, you know, uh, improving your, you know, whether it's your running or just strength training or whatever uh, she can obviously help you. She's very uh, knowledgeable about that. And as far as, you know, weight loss or any type of training and just living healthier She can help you there as well. And we'll have uh, links to um, her site um, and also for uh, moderation, management, moderation.org and uh, betterhelp.com if you're looking for, uh, need help with any of those uh, issues, uh, mental health issues, alcohol, uh, you know, uh, relationship with alcohol. Um, So, Thanks so much. And uh, we'll uh, be back right after this break. Big Peach now sells bikes at our Brookhaven and Midtown locations. Big Peach Ride and Run. We help get you into the right bike that fits you and your needs. Many of us enjoy being on two wheels as much as our own two feet. It's not only a great way to stay active and fit, it's also a great way to recover from long runs and have fun. We carry kids, commuter, mountain, gravel, road bikes, and more. No matter what you prefer, with brands like Giant, Live, a division of Giant that makes bikes exclusively for women and momentum we've got whatever bike you're looking for stop by and check out the selection of bikes at Town Brookhaven or Midtown right on Peachtree Street or view our inventory online at Run.com. i really appreciate jen being so open and honest and transparent about her journey and, and hopefully we can all learn something from that as well. Um, I, I think it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, her transparency and just opening up, um, you know, I think we're all better for it. And I do want to reemphasize and make sure that you get the information that, uh, that we shared in that segment. Because if you are struggling, if you need help, please get help. Um, you know, Moderation management is, uh, you know, linked to that site is moderation.org. We'll have this in the show notes. And better help is uh, betterhelp.com. So if you need to talk to someone, if you need help, you know, please reach out to someone, you know, and if you don't have anyone, then use these, you know, resources um, and, uh, and, and, and use them because I think, you know, it's, you know, We can all do better and we all need someone to talk to. And, you know, I really do want us all to be, you know, healthy, both physically and mentally. And, you know, we got to take, you know, the help that we, you know, wherever, wherever we can get it. But at the same time, let's not be afraid to ask for help and to reach out and get the help that we need. So thank you, Jen, for 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 sharing your story, and you know, w- yeah, you know, we had a little bit of technical issues uh, towards the end, but uh, you know, I did ask her, you know, if there was any big races or goals that she was looking uh, forward to, and she did mention that, you know, she's, um, I think she was volunteering and helping out at the, um, Barclay Marathon, Barclay Fall Classic, I believe that's what it was. And she is also um, signed up to do Penhoti 100. So um, you know, you know we'll be uh, following her through uh, through the results and uh, and cheering her on at uh, at because that's is early November, I believe. I've been at that race at least twice um, as a pacer and and, and crew. so uh, it's a, it's a race I'm very familiar with. That being said, you know, as part of the big peach ride and run, um, podcast, we want to also focus a little bit on, um, bikes and cycling. And we have the Atlanta winter bike league, uh, coming up. So uh, that starts on, uh, I believe it's uh, November 19th and it's every two weeks. And for those of you that are unaware, this is a, uh, a training group. We have gotten, uh, individuals that have shown up last year, you know, um, over 200 people have shown up from all sorts of, you know, backgrounds. Um, it has been the most diverse, uh, group I've ever been around as far as when it comes to cycling, um, from all abilities and from all parts of the, uh, Atlanta area. And basically it's a great way to kind of train to in April, you know, if you're up to it to doing a metric century or a full 100 mile, Um, ride. And it's just every single week it's the ride increases by 20 minutes. Um, So it's, you know, I'll be out there along with, uh, you know, Colby Bryan, who is our sales and service manager at our Big Peach Ride and Run locations. And um, we'll be volunteering as group ride leaders. So if you're interested in riding and in a safe environment, and learning, you know, bike tactic skills like, you know, riding in a pace line and double pace line and learning how to manage your your effort level consistently throughout um, a training ride, then by all means, you know, um, let us know. Uh, You can Google Atlanta Winter Bike League. I'll share a link to that website also in our show notes. So thank you so much for tuning in. Um, Until next time, you know, let's be grateful for the privilege that we have to participate in this active lifestyle. And look to each other for inspiration. So long, y'all. Do you have a story or know someone with a story that can inspire, motivate, or even empower others? Email me at podcast at bigpeachrunningco.com. I want to share your story. Don't forget to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. If you've enjoyed this episode, please share it with others.